Well, before we look into God's word together, let us speak with him again. Heavenly Father, we do cry out to you this morning for mercy, that you may not hold our sinfulness against us as we look into your word together. Lord, forgive us for our sins as we repent of them now, so that we may be able to hear your voice this morning and understand it. We do not deserve to because of our sinfulness, but Lord, you are a great God and a God who is merciful and gracious to his children. Lord, we pray this morning that we may be able to hear our Heavenly Father speak because you overlook our transgressions and in your mercy let us hear your voice. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in the Bible, some verses are more significant to us than others. The Bible is a very long book and many parts of it are very confusing for us to understand or they may not seem that relevant to us today. And that's true, that some verses are more relevant to us than some parts, particularly when you consider parts of the Old Testament where there's particular laws given out to the Jews. We think, ah, how significant are these verses to us? And yes, they aren't as significant as other parts. And sometimes verses that are significant to everyone are particularly significant to individuals. We have our own favourite verses. If you ask different Christians for what is their favourite verse, they won't all tell you the same verses. They have different verses that have meant something in particular to them or they found very encouraging and very helpful. And so they are the verses that they find uh, are their favourite ones. And for me, um, I have a, you have favourite books and my favourite book of the Bible is Romans. I just love the the methodology of Paul as he works through the arguments there. And some of those verses in Romans, there's not really anything like them anywhere else that have the same uh, depth of meaning that I find there in Romans. So we all have verses that are more significant to us than other people find them. And there are some verses that are significant to everyone. This morning we're going to look at a verse that I think is very significant to me and my life, particularly since I've become a husband this verse, verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter 3, has to be one of the most helpful verses I have read as a husband. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to look at 1 Peter 3, verse 7. For the past two weeks, we've looked at wives. We looked at verses 1 through to verse 6 as uh, Peter gave counsel as to wives and how they should behave. This week, he gives us one verse, and that's to husbands. And... Why is this verse so helpful? Why is this verse so significant to husbands? Well, firstly, it's significant because it is helpful in telling us what we are supposed to do. It gives husbands instructions on how they are to treat their wives. And that's my first main point this morning, is be considerate and respectful of your wives. This verse tells us to do two things, be considerate and be respectful of our wives. And we see that in verse 7. If you've got a black church Bible, that's on page 1202. As we look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, and we see there the two commands to be considerate and respectful. Verse 7, 1 Peter 3, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as a weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. We're meant to do two things as husbands. Be considerate 
and be respectful. Well, what does that mean? What's it mean to be considerate? What's it mean to be considerate of someone? Well, literally translated here, the Greek, would be living together according to knowledge. According to knowledge is what you're meant to do with your wife. And so when you consider someone, you find out things about them. You consider that person, you want to get knowledge about them. You're considering who they are. And that's what husbands are to do with their wives. They're meant to find out, study their wives, understand their wives. And how do you do that? How do you study your wife? How do you consider her, find out information about her? Well, the first thing you need to do is live with her. That's there in the text. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wife. Husbands that live away from their wives can't really consider their wives very well at all because they're so far removed from their wife they can't find out much information about them. But if you live with your wife, you find it very easy to consider your wife, to understand who she is. Because as you're around the home, firstly, what you can do, you can observe your wife. You can observe what she likes and what she dislikes, whether she likes the place to be a mess, which is, I think, very unusual for a wife to like the place to be a mess, or whether she likes the place to be tidy. And so you pick up these little non-verbal cues as to what your wife is interested in and what your wife does. You find out things about your wife just by watching her, just by observing her. And that's all part of following this command, considering your wife. But of course, a big part of considering your wife is by speaking to her. As you live with your wife, it is expected that you actually talk to your wife, that you are interested in finding out more about her. She is the person that knows her best. You don't go and speak to her sister about her. No, you speak to her about her and find out from her what her strengths and weaknesses are, what her goals are in life, what she desires, what she likes, what she dislikes. You speak to her and ask her those questions. You find out where she feels weak in physical, in the physical realm, where she feels weak in the emotional realm, what things really trigger her emotions. And you find out where she is in the spiritual realms as well, what she likes about God, what she struggles with, the different sins and temptations that she finds difficult. You find those things out by sitting down, or not necessarily sitting down, you can be doing the washing up or something like that and speak to your wife and find out things from her. That's how you consider your wife, is by talking to her. But there is someone who actually knows your wife better than she knows herself. I said she is the best source of information. You don't go to the sister. But there is someone who knows her better. Who's that? It's God. If you want to consider your wife... Live with God. Don't just live with your wife. Live with God. God has immense information about your wife. And where do you find that information? Well, it's by living with God through prayer and through reading the Bible. God will reveal things to you about your wife as you pray with him and speak to him. He will then grant those requests and you'll find out more and more about her. And as you study the Bible, you will understand why she does things the way she does. 
particularly when it comes to matters of sin, why she behaves that way, why she's doing that, what is the root cause of the problem here. As you study the word and live with God, you find out more and more about your wife and why she acts the way she does. So you're meant to consider your wife. Once you've considered her, studied her, understand her a little bit, what are you meant to do? Well, the second thing you're meant to do is respect your wife. Remember the first main point this morning is be considerate and respectful of your wife. Once you've considered her and gained knowledge about her, then you need to put that information to good use, don't you? You don't just find out information about her and leave it at that. No, you're meant to put it to good use, and you do that by respecting her. What does respect mean? Well, literally, this could be translated, show her honour. Show her honour. How do you show honour to your wife? Well, the first thing you can do is by speaking, verbally show her honour. Praise her for who she is. Affirm her and who she is all the time to her. And you can do this publicly. You can affirm how wonderful your wife is in a particular area to other people. Often I think husbands, the only time they affirm their wife publicly is at the wedding. They stand up, they give the speech, they know they're meant to praise the bride. And some husbands don't do it all that well. If you know anything about my speech at my wedding, I don't think I pulled it off all that well. But it's not meant to be just on wedding day that you're meant to praise your wife and honour her. You're meant to honour her again and again, and you can do that publicly. What do we see the example of the man in Proverbs 31, the husband in Proverbs 31? What does he do? We just read that passage. Proverbs 31, a lot of people look to there for instruction about wives and how they're to live, and it is indeed a very good example. Proverbs 31 wives are the wives that every Christian man should want to marry. But there's also an example given there of her husband. Proverbs 31, verse 28, page 657 of the Black Church Bibles, 657, Proverbs 31, verse 28, where we read, Her, that's the wife's, children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. And I think we see him mentioned earlier that he's at the pub, he's he's at the city gate in verse 23. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. I wouldn't be surprised if he talks about her that way in front of those elders at the city gate, that he publicly praises her for who she is. But you don't just praise her publicly, also praise her privately. Say kind and affirming things about her in private. Tell her you love her and tell her why you love her. Praise her, honour her for who she is. Take that knowledge that you have of her through considering her and give her the honour that she deserves. Also, privately, praise her, not just to her, but to God. One of the great things that you can do is go to God and say to him, thank you for the wife that you have given me and the wonderful things that I see in her. I've considered her and I've seen how gracious you have been to me in giving her to me. 
Give her honour by praising her to God. How else do you respect her? Not just with your lips, but with your actions as well. Remember you've considered her, you've gained knowledge about her. Now put that knowledge to good use by the way that you live. So, what do you do? Well, you find out where she is weak when you considered her, when it comes to the physical realm, and so you respect her by protecting her. So, when there's a noise in the night, who do you send? Well, if you've considered your wife and whether she is a black belt in karate, maybe you do send her because you've considered her well, and you're not. But generally speaking, you will go and you'll protect her and look out for her. The other night this happened. Was it last week? This week. There was a noise, really loud noise at 5 a.m. I said, did you hear that? She said, yes. She said, I have to go. Turn on lots of lights as I go um, to try and, and, and you walk slowly, make lots of noise so the, the burglar will run away. I go down, turn on lights all through the house, even poke my head out the side door and had a look up the, the, the passageway, check the gate was locked. There's nothing there. I went back up and Jill said, yeah, while you were downstairs, I heard it again. It must be that possum that we saw running along the fence uh, the other night. But we didn't know it was a possum. It was really loud. It made an awful lot of noise. And, uh, and so I've considered my wife and I automatically go, yes, I think this is a job for me that I'm meant to go down and I'm showing respect for her, looking out for her, that I need to go and get beaten up by the burglars so that um, she has time to call the police. Is pretty much all I would be able to do. But we also protect your wife from not just physical harm but from emotional harm. You've considered her, what her weaknesses are when it comes to her emotions, and you want to make sure that you're looking out for her, respecting her. And so we've had our second child and Jill's been finding it a little bit of a strain and I said, and she's, and I said, what, what is really bad? And she says, it's not so much the baby, it's the older baby, Joshua, that he's just always there wanting to do stuff when I'm needing to do something. And uh, that he just gets in the way. And I said, well, how about twice a week I come home for an hour and then go back to work afterwards and I just take him to the park, take him out of the house and you can get done whatever it is you need to get done so you don't lose it, so you don't get too upset about what's going on in the home. And if you can tell me what it is you're going to do while I take him to the park, you can't just lie on the couch and watch TV, if you can tell me what it is, then I'm happy to take him to the park and let him roam there while I read a book. And so I've been doing that, and this week, uh, Jill said, no, you don't need to come home. I've got, I can't do anything during that time, so it's okay, um, don't bother. And I'm trying to look out for her emotional health. I'm trying to look after her and find out what weaknesses are there that I can help with. And that's part of respecting your wife. And the other way that you should respect your wife is finding out how you can help with her weaknesses in the spiritual realm. You've asked about how she's going with the Lord, how are her devotions going, and she admits that she struggles. Well, it's time for you to try and help her, to try and show respect to her by encouraging her in her devotions and even doing devotions with her, reading the Bible with her, praying with her. And you want to also pray for her as you find out about her spiritual problems, you then go to God and ask him 
for help for her. If you don't consider your wife, you can't do that. And then if you don't respect your wife, you aren't going to bother asking God for help for her in that area. So as you consider your wife, then respect your wife by looking out for her in physical, emotional and spiritual realms. Okay, so this verse is very helpful in telling us what to do. Why else do I like it? I love this verse because it gives me reasons why to do that, why to consider my wife and why to respect her. And that's my second main point, three reasons to consider and respect your wife, and all three are in the text before us. The first one is consider and respect your wife because your wife is the weaker partner. Verse 7, husbands in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. What does this mean, that she's the weaker partner? A lot of um, people don't like this part of God's word. They don't like to think that women are inferior, that they are weaker. But I think what Peter is saying here is two things. One is that they're weaker in the sense of their physical bodies. They are weaker. That they, generally speaking, most women aren't as strong as men. And this is clearly shown by the Olympics, by the fact that we don't have men's, uh, that we have men's and women's swimming, men's and women's running, because women just cannot compete with men. They're physically stronger. And when we face it, most husbands would be able to overpower their wives, pin them to the ground. They could. Now, some wives, of course, could pin their husbands to the ground. But generally speaking, Husbands are physically stronger and need to respect their wife, need to consider their wife because they are weaker in that regard. They need protection. So when the big bad possum comes in the night, the man is the one that gets up and shoes it away. Generally speaking, that is the case. The other thing is that, and it's not so much important for our time, but in Peter's time, women were weaker in the sense of their rights in society. Women didn't share the benefits that you have living in Australia today. They were seen to be inferior. They were seen to have less rights in comparison to the men. And so the husbands were called upon to make sure that their wives were protected because if they didn't, nobody would. Maybe the father might, but the father might be a long way away. The husbands are the ones that are meant to be looking out for them. So that's not so much an important thing today, but I think the physical one, we've got to remember that. Men, look out for your wives and make sure you're protecting them. The other reason, second reason, consider and respect your wife because your wife is a co-heir with you of the gracious gift of life. Verse 7, husbands in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as a weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. Husbands, remember this. Your wife is not an inferior being in God's eyes. She is a co-heir with you of the gracious gift of life. Her status before God as a Christian is equal to yours. God considers her just as much an heir of salvation as you. She is not inferior. Many religions do teach that women 
in terms of that religion, are inferior beings. Christianity does not. And you must remember that, that you are married to a daughter of God. And you should show her respect accordingly. I've only been a father of a daughter for a very short period of time. And I don't really know Pippa all that well yet. I sort of observe her a bit, but she doesn't talk to me, and so I don't know too much about her. But already I am protective of her. And as she gets older and older, particularly once she starts to hit those teenage years and young adulthood, I'll be more and more protective of her and looking out for her and wanting to see that young males are showing the respect to her that she deserves. And you must remember, if you're a husband and married to a believer, who her father is. God. You're not messing with a human father. You're messing with the creator of the universe, an all-powerful being who knows everything that you do to his daughter. Don't mess with her because then you have to mess with her dad. That should put fear into your hearts about respecting her. Remember she is a co-heir with you and her dad is God. Show her the respect that she deserves. Third reason, consider and respect your wife so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Verse 7, husbands in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. If you do not consider and respect your wife, God can break his relationship with you. Not break it in the sense that you stop being a Christian, but distance himself from you and cause your prayers to be hindered. How does this happen? Well, prayers with your wife can be hindered. You find it actually difficult to pray with your wife. I've experienced this once in our marriage where Jill and I were having a disagreement about something at the dinner table and after dinner we always read the Bible together. Well, that was before kids showed up, but now um, we have a different time. But this was before kids were around and we used to read the Bible after dinner and then pray. And we had a disagreement and I, I bowed my head to pray with her and then I had to look up and say, I can't do it. I just, I just couldn't. And we had to solve the disagreement that we had. And then I was able to pray. It just was physically impossible to be angry with my wife at that point and then speak to God and speak respectfully to him and about Jill. I just couldn't do it. But it may not be that you just physically can't pray with her, but it may be that when you do pray with her, because of the disrespect you've shown her, God turns a deaf ear. God doesn't hear your prayers as you're praying. And it may not just be that your prayers with her are hindered. It, God can hind, Your prayers might be hindered when you're without your wife, when you're praying on your own individually, if you don't consider and respect her. You may find it very difficult to pray, full stop. You can't understand why you don't want to pray, and when you do pray, it just feels like you aren't doing anything. Is it because you haven't considered and respected your wife? 
that you are finding it difficult to pray. And then it may not be that you can't find it difficult to pray. It may be that your words aren't getting anywhere. Why aren't your prayers going answered? Maybe that God's turning a deaf ear to them because you're not considering and respecting your wife. If you were considering and respecting her, he might be listening to your prayers and answering those prayers that you're offering up to him. So three reasons there why you should consider and respect your wife, and all of them are good reasons. She's a weaker partner. She's a co-heir with you. And her dad is God. And your prayers could be hindered if you don't consider her and respect her. Okay, so what about the rest of you who aren't husbands? Not everyone in the room here is a husband. I recognise that. So what about you? What can you learn from this? Well, my third main point is that everyone should consider and respect others. Everyone should be doing the kinds of things that these husbands are called to do here. Not in exactly the same way as husbands towards wives, but we should be considering and respecting those people around us. How do you consider someone around you? Well, you find out about them. As you move through your day and you bump into people, not physically, but you meet them, you find out about them, you consider them, you want to know about them. And then as you find out information about them, you want to show them respect. You show them respect by encouraging them with your mouth, speaking to them, and then by doing things for them, just like you do, like husbands are called to do with their wives. So when you come across a non-Christian, you want to find out about them. You don't say, oh, non-Christian, not interested in you. No, you find out about them. And then how do you respect the non-Christian? By respectfully telling them the greatest news that you know, that Jesus Christ, God himself, came into the world to die for them, that at the cross he was taking sins that they've committed if they repent of their sin and believe in it. He was taking that at the cross for them. And he welcomes sinners such as they. How do you get the opportunity to respect them? By showing them where they've gone wrong in their life and they need to find Jesus Christ? Well, it's by considering them. You can't speak to a non-Christian about the gospel if you don't even know them and don't know whether they're a non-Christian or not. You've got to consider them and then show them that respect. And then the Christians that are around you, consider them and respect them by encouraging them with your mouth and by doing things for them by helping them. As you consider them, you find out where their weaknesses are and what you might be able to help with, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual. You find out and then you try and help them in whatever way you can. Why should you do that? Well, I think the same three reasons that we're given for why husbands should consider and respect their wives are valid for everyone to consider and respect others. Why? Because many people are weaker than you. That's a good reason to consider and respect people around you. As you consider them, you see that they're weak in a particular way, and so you help them. Second, many people around you are co-heirs. Many people around you are Christians, and so you should be considering and respecting them. Remember who their father is. When you disrespect someone at church who is a co-heir with you, 
and you are inconsiderate of them and don't like them and do horrible things to them, remember who their father is. God himself, and he looks out for his children. Be very careful of what you do around others, particularly co-heirs. Remember who their father is. And then thirdly, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. This verse about nothing hindering prayers for unholy behaviour is not the only verse in the Bible. We see it again and again in the Psalms where they're crying out, hear our prayer. They recognise that they're sinners and they need God to hear their prayer despite their sinfulness or they claim that they are, they've been trying to do the right thing so God, please hear my prayer. And even in 1 Peter, we get a couple of other verses that talk about this. Verse 12 of chapter 3. Not sure if we'll get to it in coming weeks, but verse 12 of 1 Peter 3. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. Righteous people's prayers aren't hindered. So everyone should be trying to consider and respect those people around them so their prayers aren't hindered. And then 1 Peter Peter 4 verse 7 on the next page of our black church Bibles. The end of all things is near, therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Do you sometimes wonder why your prayers are ineffective and go unanswered? This might be the reason. Are you living a righteous life? Or are you living an unholy and unrighteous life? And so your prayers aren't answered because they're being hindered by the way that you behave. If you're finding it difficult to pray the first thing you need to do is look at your life and see if there's a sin problem there that needs to be dealt with and deal with it by repenting of it, asking God's forgiveness. And repentance means turning away from that sin and living a life of holiness rather than unholiness instead. So, do you husbands this morning consider your wives? and respect them because you know they're the weaker partner because you know they're a co-heir and because you don't want your prayers to be hindered do you consider and respect your wives and what about everybody else do you consider and respect people around you because you know that some of them are so much weaker than you and they need your help and encouragement and because you know that they Many of them are your co-heirs and you want to help them. And because you don't want your prayers to be hindered. This verse is a very significant verse for me and I think it should be a significant verse for most people. It should make us tremble to think that our prayers can be hindered by the way that you, you disrespect and are inconsiderate of those around you. Let us speak with our God. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word and we thank you for your commandments which are a blessing to us because otherwise we would not know how to live 
and how to please you. But Lord, we thank you that you do not just give us commandments, but you also give us reasons for why we should keep your commandments. Lord, we pray for the husbands of this church. We pray that they may be considerate and respectful of their wives. And we pray that they may do this because they recognise their wives are weaker, their wives are co-heirs with them of eternal life, and because they do not want their prayers to be hindered. And we pray for all of us this morning. We pray that we all may be considerate and respectful of those around us so that our prayers are not hindered and that we treat with respect those people who are co-heirs with us and may be weaker than us as well. Lord, grant us your Holy Spirit in abundance so that we may live this way as considerate people and respectful people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.